For the first time ever, Scotty and I talked to a Detroit Red Wing. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a uh, podcast producer for WWJ News Radio 950, while Scotty is host of Lockdown Tigers, as well as a journalist for the Detroit News. And today we are joined by our biggest guest yes, yet, the first time we've ever had a current Detroit Red Wing on the podcast with us. And Oscar Sundquist is here joining us today to talk about the season so far and a m- bunch of other things Oscar, first of all, thanks for joining us. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Oh, thank you guys for having me. Um... Of course. So the first question we have, obviously, is you are part of a line that made history this season in the Redwood line, uh, the tree sum depends on which broadcast you're listening to. If it's the radio broadcast, they call you the Redwood line. If it's the television broadcast, they call you the tree sum. Um, what was it? What's it like being part of the biggest line in NHL history, but also being the smallest guy at six foot three on the biggest line in NHL history? Uh, it, it was cool when you saw that, uh, got a, got a couple of laughs in the, in the locker room. Uh, I didn't realize it until I saw it. I think it was the, the day after. Uh, but yeah, it's it's cool to be a part of. And like you said, I'm the smallest guy on that line. It's not it's not thanks to, to me. It's to 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 Raz and, and Elmer that's that's being the tall guys. What like before the season started? Was there like were you guys as a line? Were you guys getting a lot of like practice together and and whatnot or? Was that kind of like uh, the season starting? Let's just see if we put all the biggest dudes on a line. If that works, like, <laughs> no, I mean, I think I think Elmer impressed so much in in uh, in the preseason and and uh, got a got a spot on the team. Uh, and then they kind of just just threw us together and and uh, seemed to work right away. So uh, I don't know, I don't know what their thought was. Maybe they were like, oh, let's look at the the three biggest one and put them, put them all together. Not going to lie as Red Wings fans. That was what we were hoping for. We were like, okay, these guys are the biggest guys out there. So let's see if we put them all on a line together, how they perform and what it's like. And I mean, obviously it was performing really well because that line stuck together up until unfortunately you got hurt. And then as soon as you came back, Elmer's now hurt. But I mean, we're all looking forward to the when Soderblom gets healthy to see that line come back together again Real. because I mean it was a force out there to be reckoned with. I mean, six foot three was what? What's Ras? Six foot five, six foot six, and then you got yeah. Soderblom at six eight. That's yeah. that's <laughs> gigantic. Um, unfortunately, Oscar, you are also the second tallest one on this podcast right now as Scotty <laughs> comes in at a towering six four. Yeah. I, I didn't bring it up for the record. I did <laughs> not bring it up. The- Flying from not the smallest one. I'm well, good. unfortunately, <laughs> I, I'm only five foot nine, so I am I come in very far down the list. He has an elite prospects profile, though. I, I yeah. have an elite prospects profile. <laughs> um, Be- so go ahead, Scotty. No, I I just uh, with that line, and, and we'll move on. I promise. But with that line, what is it like playing with a six foot eight forward? Like, does that? like change your style at all or anything like that's a 
that's such an anomaly and such like a, a a rare like not seen often thing like is that i don't know like he, he's like a beacon out there like you can always <laughs> see him like what what is it like play what is it like playing with the whole line i guess what's what is on the ice what is that like uh you know it's it's super it's super easy uh to be honest and and you you kind of just try trying to to help them with with what their strengths are and out there and I mean, both of them, like you said, like with their size and stuff like that, how strong they are. Uh, obviously, they're 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 gonna be able to handle their one-on-one situations in in the corners and stuff like that. So, it's kind of just trying to create space and 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 let them let them do their their man that's on them, and and when they do that, they get a little time to to pass or shoot the puck. So, uh, kind of just try to give them as much space as possible, and and then just be there to to support them when whenever you feel like they they need it well the red wings as a whole your guys's team is off to the hottest start that they've had since the last time they made the playoffs you know you're right now sitting first in the wild card a quarter away through the season what do you think has led to the success that you guys have seen so far early in the season i feel like i feel like everyone's been buying into the system that uh that news he wants and and uh i mean it's not it's not really rocket science i mean i think i think his system has made made things easier for a lot of guys and 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 really understand what what they need to do in in every situation wherever the puck is so uh big uh, big credit to the coaches for for really simplifying things and and helping us out with with what we need to do and stuff like that and i mean in that at the end of the day it's it's up to the guys and uh, we got a lot of good leaders in the in the locker room that's that's leading the way and and showing showing the the guys on the bench how how, how we're supposed to play. With you, you mentioned Newsy and and everything, and you were obviously here for a, a little bit last year too. So like with the new coaching regime, what has been what has that transition been like? Like what has it been like with Lalone and and his new like you said his new system and whatnot. How has that transition been over the summer and obviously over the start of the season so far? I mean, I think it's it's been it's been fairly easy. Uh, you know, obviously with with a fully new system, it's not gonna be it's not gonna be that you know it right away. But I think I think we worked hard on it during training camp and really really put down like every time we we're on the ice and and if it was on the ice or, or watching video, kind of really trying to to get into into the system and biting into it and. And uh, really, they were really good at showing every single situation. Like I said, uh, what they expect us to do with it, and where was where we supposed to be and go. So uh, it seems like everything is crystal clear when it comes to where you're supposed to be when you don't have the puck to to be able to help the the guy with the puck. So, and you were part early in the season. You were part of probably one of the most exciting plays not just this season, but Red Wings fans have seen in a while in that LA game. It's been so far. The only goal you have this season has come off of Dylan Larkin made an incredible play on the other end of the ice to stop an open net, empty net goal. And then they come all the way back down the ice. And then you bury the puck right in front of the net off a of feet from Peron. I think it was, what was that moment? Like, not just obviously you scored the goal to send it to overtime, but 
what was it like for you on the ice to witness what Larkin just did? And like, what was that energy? Like, I have to imagine that, you know, us as Red Wings fans sitting on the couch or jumping out of our seats. I can't imagine what, how electric it was being on the ice when Dylan Larkin did that kind of thing. I mean, I, I thought it was, I thought it was kind of over there when, when, when I saw, I think it was Arvidsson in, in LA uh, having the empty netter and basically a breakaway uh, and, and, Kind of see my corner of the eye, and Larkin comes flying uh, past me, uh, making that diving, uh, diving save, kind of. Uh, and, and and I mean, like, we felt like as soon as he did that, we we kind of knew that that felt like a moment that we're gonna go down and score now. Uh, and I mean, we we've been we've been successful about uh, both power play and and six on five this season. I feel like we we created a bunch of chances and I probably should have scored more goals, but. Uh, like you said, like when he did that 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 diving save on 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 Arvidsson, um, it kind of felt like we're we're gonna get this one and we're gonna we're gonna send it to overtime. So, uh, it was it was an awesome feeling. Has that been like a recurring theme too? Uh, you just mentioned it there. Like it 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 feels like you guys should be like scoring more goals than you are. And you guys are scoring plenty of goals. That's for sure. You you have a winning record. But, you know, you've been on two teams that have won. Actually, you've, you know, across your career so far, you've got two rings yourself, but you've been on three teams that have won Stanley Cups. Has, is, are you noticing any similarities between what the Red Wings are building right now and the teams that you've won championships already with? Are you noticing any of those trends developing with the Red Wings? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a lot about being being consistent and, that's maybe what one thing we need to we need to work on a little bit being being more consistent throughout throughout games uh, and periods during stretches. But uh, definitely see see similarities with with the teams and and how we play and uh, especially how you how you're sticking up for for one another out there. Uh, so um, what what I remember building is right now it's it's uh, it's fun really fun to be a part of and and uh, hopefully we we can we can surprise a lot of people. Awesome. Well, I I think talking again about like some of the previous teams you played on and stuff. What was it like getting traded to the Detroit Red Wings? Like, t- talk us through the moment in which like you found out and just how I don't know how getting traded feels like, I guess, but also knowing that it's the Detroit Red Wings and what you knew about the guys that were already on the team and whatnot. I mean, I, I was on the I was on the plane with with St. Louis. We were just about to take off to to Washington uh, when I got the phone call. Uh, so, uh, took my suit off and put my put my comfy comfy clothes on and sat down with my with my coffee in the plane. Uh, when I got the phone call, so uh, it was stressful stressful moment. Uh, kind of shocking. Uh, didn't haven't hadn't heard anything or or nothing. So it's just get off. Put your suit back on. Uh, start from the back of the plane and just say bye to everyone and, and leave the plane basically. Uh, so a lot of big shock, and I think right after I got off the plane, uh, Iserman called me and 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 then also uh, he had uh, he had Lidstrom on the line talking to me. So wow. uh, that was definitely definitely a cool moment uh, during that kind of blackout stressful time uh that it comes with too just going home uh have to start packing uh get a get a call from uh from uh from the team management in in, in detroit that my plane is leaving in two hours 
to just start start packing packing stuff up as much mm. as possible and and uh, and get on a plane. So I mean, it's it's stressful definitely, but um, once once settled in here, I, I was really excited to be here and and uh, I mean, see also seeing seeing during the summer with the with the contracts that that Iceman signed with with Peran, Sharad, and Cobb and all these guys uh made it a really exciting time to be to be a red wing and uh i mean i, I feel like uh i feel like we're we're coming a long way on this on this rebuild that they've been been having i i want to follow up with you about the phone call you received from eiserman and lidstrom because i know how i would feel if i saw that name pop up on my caller id but before i gotta ask before i can ask you that i do have to talk to the people today about betonline.net betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info stats news and analysis get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer and esports they've got it all at betonline.net and if you love sports podcasts they've got those at betonline as well they're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more betonline where the game starts Segment two, Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are joined by Detroit Red Wings forward Oscar Sundquist. And Oscar, I, I want to follow up on something you said that when you got off the plane, you got a phone call from Steve Eisman and Nick Lidstrom was on the line. And I mean, I don't have to tell anyone this. Those guys are living legends in Detroit. And Nick Lidstrom was just named the best Swedish hockey player of all time. And you're a Swede. And I, I got like, was when you get a phone call from guys who are, Hall of Famers, some of the best who have ever played it, and also now your boss. Does your like heart get pumping a little bit extra? I mean, it's kind of like a surreal moment, and I don't think you really, really understand it until you hang up the phone. Uh, so, so I mean, it was it was really cool to to, and I was surprised that that he was uh, he was by Iceman and he just handed the phone over. Basically, uh, I actually think I missed his first two phone calls. Uh, <laughs> Because I was so trying to trying to get home as quick as possible, and my phone blowing up everywhere. But uh, no, I mean it's a super cool moment, obviously, and and uh, and I, I don't think I I understood it really until until we hung up and you kind of let it sink in. I was like, holy, just talk to talk to Lidstrom, and I I totally forgot that he was even there, and uh, so it was it was super cool. Is Lidstrom as big of a superstar in Sweden as people think he over here think he is? Because I think there's like an assumption that like Lidstrom is considered like just this this godlike entity over in Sweden. Is he like worshipped in Sweden for his hockey, or is that something that we make up? I mean, I feel I feel like it's both both him and him and uh, Forsberg have got more more recognized later on and uh, last last couple of years obviously they've been they've been huge uh, with their with their careers that they had and um uh, I and mean, now it's 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 definitely he, he's recognized wherever wherever he goes well we also have this organization as a whole just has so many swedish ties and like obviously you being a Swede, what is that like? Is that a, a a cool thing to have like in the back of your mind at least? Like they they're so prevalent in drafting them. They have so many ties scouting over there. They they bring in so many players that are Swedish. Is that kind of a I guess cool thing to be a part of? Yeah, definitely. Is. I mean, like you said, like even even years ago, that that a lot of Swedes. I think I counted now uh, that are month in training camp. I think we're. 10 or 11 Swedish guys. So, 
Uh, I mean, it's it's also super cool, and it's nice to nice to be able to to speak some Swedish sometime too. And and uh, I mean, I was started with I think I started with five Swedish guys in in St. Louis, and last year I was by myself. So it it was definitely nice to to come to a team with a couple couple of Swedes that you can that you can joke around with. Do you ever like play pranks on your teammates by like speaking Swedish? like in front of the guys who don't speak Swedish and just like drive them nuts because it's such a, it's a language that a lot of guys in the locker room use, but not everyone. No, I'm trying, I'm trying to keep as much, much English as possible, especially if it's someone, someone around, uh, uh, kind of, I kind of have to tell Peron to stop speaking French a lot of times <laughs> in, the, in the locker room. Uh, Who's he speaking French to? <laughs> uh, I mean, I think, uh, I think, Joe Galeno speaks, speaks a little bit French, Ooh, and uh, Joe. also also Tanger, uh, assistant coach. They're always walking around speaking French to each other. So <laughs> I usually I usually tell them to speak English instead. <laughs> that's, that's great. What well, kind of tying into you know talking about Peron, like this team like really under the radar has a lot of players that you've played with before. Like you have like a quite a few players that are that you're playing with now that you have ties to in the past. Like, what is that like knowing that, uh, you know, when you first get traded here, you know, you have the shock of, Oh, like I'm, I'm away from the team that I've been a part of for years now, but you know, you're going to a team with several players that you've played with before. Was that kind of a, a cool realization? Yeah. Well, so, I mean, we were all good friends in St. Louis too. And uh, I mean, I was, literally neighbors living neighbors with with Peron, uh just two hours apart from each other so uh it definitely gives us some comfort too uh when those guys came in and um uh, especially i mean on their eyes you you know we know each other pretty well and 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 know what we we need to get going and stuff like that so uh he, he's Peron is always always up my butt trying trying to get me going during games so uh he he, he knows what button to push so He's a bit um, of a stir. Yeah, he is. He is. So <laughs> uh, he he's good though. He's been really good for for this team and for for the young guys. I think just just watching him and learning uh, a bunch of stuff. Does anyone ever chirp him and a uh, cop for their tinted visors? I feel like that's something that people would tease him over. Uh, not too much. I I told him though when they when cop and prom played together, at the third guy in their line must 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 put a tinted visor on. <laughs> To feel welcome, but uh, yeah, not not as much as you would think. But uh, I like to tease them a little bit about it. I I have a question. I've never had the luxury of speaking in like this kind of setting to an NHL player, and so my question is just like, what's it like being an NHL player? Like so many kids grow up dreaming to be a professional athlete. I grew up dreaming of being a professional athlete. I was short and sucked at the sport. So here I am talking about the sport instead. Not an elite prospects page. I, I have an elite prospects Don't page. Let him so short. <laughs> Three games played juniors. Um, but Oscar, you accomplished the dream. Not just that you've been to the summit twice and won Stanley cups. Like what was it like, like on draft day, what was it like playing your first NHL game? And what's it like just like living the life that so many people have always wanted to live? I think, I think a lot of it is, is really uh, like surreal. And, and you, I don't think you really understand how, how good and how cool everything was until, until you stop playing. Uh, I know I've talked to a lot of, a lot of guys who play with a lot of veteran guys. That's it's basically telling you, 
don't don't take a day for granted like it's it's going by fast uh and i mean you you're trying to enjoy every single day uh it's it's obviously it's like you said it's a dream come true and uh it's uh just it's just trying to enjoy every single moment that you're that you're getting to to experience so in a similar light just talk to us about like being on a Stanley Cup winning team like I know that you got off to like a really good start where like your rookie year like you're on an incredible team and you know winning cups already but again that in St. Louis like that was more of like a slow build up to that summit just you had a great like? postseason that year too. You had a right, great postseason. Yeah, very, very roller coaster of a season, obviously, for that team. So just talk to us about what it's like being on a Stanley Cup winning team. And then again, like with all the ties you have on this current Wings team, like what it's like to be with some of the guys that you've been teammates with before. I mean, I think I think the St. Louis one obviously stands out more to me, like you said, with the roller coaster season being last in the in the league. Uh and coming back from that and, and just you you can really sense like the group coming together and starting playing for each other and and, and everything just clicking. Uh and then I mean it's it's basically every every single every single uh series in in, in the Stanley Cup playoff is, is basically a war. So uh it's just it's just a big battle and you're exhausted after every every one of them. So uh, I mean, it's 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 so cool too. With with what you said, like you you end up uh being on top and 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 lifting the Stanley Cup and and you just get to get to enjoy it. I mean, uh, don't don't really remember a lot of uh, the things afterwards. I uh, try to try to puzzle together, but uh no, I mean it, it's it's awesome, obviously, and and uh, doing it now too, like having having Peron here that that I that I battle with and one with in St. Louis is, is a good feeling and and really really trying to maybe use that experience to help to help this team uh mostly mostly on the ice and, and what it takes to 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 be a, a winning team. Awesome. Um we're gonna come back in segment three and get hit up some more lighthearted questions, I think. Um <laughs> and uh we'll do that in segment three like I just said. So when we come back on Lockdown Red Wings. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Let's hit some more of the, the fun questions, the lighthearted questions. We, we'll uh, we'll ease off the hockey-centric questions, I think, for a little bit, the ones about the games and all that, because we're here to have some fun. And I think the first question I, I got in regards to the lighter-hearted questions, Oscar, is last night, you guys, Monday night, rather, you debuted the reverse retro jerseys, and they are polarizing in the Red Wings community. A lot of people don't like them. But the people like Scotty and I that really do like them are very fervent about it. We we think that they look very sharp. What's the overall like locker room feel? And what's your opinion on the black and red reverse retro jerseys? Uh, I think mine, my personal one was kind of when I first saw them on, on the picture and and like when when they released it on I think I saw it on Twitter. I was more like, man, it wasn't great. But see, seeing them uh, coming into the locker room. Uh, last night or Monday night there and, and and seeing them they changed my changed my mind completely. I thought it looked awesome. Uh and and I think overall the, the guys on the team really liked them too. It's kind of the same as me. Like when you actually saw them live and, and, and up close they were they were really awesome. The well I know as well like if we're comparing them to like last year's reverse retros, those ones were like I don't even know if you 
had to, the the pleasure, we'll say, of playing in those. I don't know if they uh, if we even used them that late in the season, but they were very like boring and gray and the white no one, with the gray stripes. Yeah, yeah, no one really liked them at all. So I think for a lot of people, we were just excited that they actually like tried something different. And there's a lot of people that don't like the black on the jersey and whatever. But um, I, I I think it it is kind of cool just to hear like your side of it and just be like oh like because i think that was a lot of i think that was a shared thought like a lot of people are like yeah like maybe and then seeing them on the ice even from like a spectator's perspective too and seeing them on tv i I thought they looked a lot better as well yeah no definitely i mean like i said a lot of guys thought they looked way better when you when you actually saw them uh and and i mean i i personally liked them a lot and uh, just just those little details too that you do like maybe with the helmet and the pants that you put the black on instead of instead of the white so I mean that obviously obviously helps a lot to to clean it up and makes it makes it a lot better do you ever uh so we, we've mentioned it a couple times you have a couple Stanley Cup championship rings already do you ever and you're coming to a Red Wings team that's building up still in a rebuild so you got a lot of teammates who have been here for a while who have not had any on success yet in the play play uh playoffs postseason do you ever walk into the locker room where your two stanley cup rings just a flex on them a little bit oh and you're like, oh these oh no don't worry about those those are not <laughs> no 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 definitely not uh it's it's more it's more coming here now and then like you said uh uh guys been here for 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 a lot of years some of them and, and i mean you you've seen some of the the larkin quotes uh uh, at the end of seasons, and I'm, I mean, I think you more just playing, playing for a guy like him, uh, trying to help him the best way, and and helping him get a have a team that's that is successful. So it, it's more about the uh, I, I, me personally feels more like that than getting, getting trying to help people that that are not not experienced to to get to do that. And uh, I feel like I feel like right now we're we're all kind of playing playing for that. That's such a good teammate answer. I would totally be walking in the locker room with two Stanley Cup rings on my fingers. Absolutely. But that's also probably part of the reason why. That's why you're not in the league, dude. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You you mentioned there, uh, like, hearing the quotes from Larkin and and whatnot. Being someone who has not – been a part of the Red Wings for a super long period of time. Um, what is the like around the league? What I guess was is the vibe about Dylan Larkin, and and what's it like then playing with him as well? Like the obviously the captain of the Detroit Red Wings. Like what is what what is the the viewpoint? I guess of Larks. I mean, obviously, very very talented, a skilled player. Uh, but but I mean I feel like around the league it's been it's been it's been talked about it's been too thin around him maybe uh, sure. that they haven't really gotten getting that successful team around him to to help him uh, but I mean awesome awesome captain and awesome guy and uh, I mean with this uh, with this rebuild too and and guys coming in and and younger guys getting more experience and and playing the right way now and. I mean, just from being from last year uh, in the end to to this year, uh, the young young guys that are that that are here now again, such a such a big difference with with how how much experience and then 
their how they're playing and and, and really really playing the right way. Uh, can't say I didn't really see that a lot last season, and uh, it it really it, it really gives you a good good feeling about about the team and about the future. Awesome, man. That's great to hear because, you know, obviously in the locker room, I'm sure everyone wants it more than any fan does, but us fans, we, we're, it's, it's great to see the team succeeding as much as it is. And we're, we're eager to watch this team continue to take the step forward to, you know, hopefully maybe make the playoffs this year and make a push. Um, but the last question I have for you as we are running out of time here, running low, um, is on the number 70 that you wear, I see that you've worn two numbers in your career. You wore 40 with Pittsburgh and you've worn 70 with St. Louis and Detroit. What, what, what is um, the reason behind you chose 70? Is there one? Not really. Uh, I wanted, uh, I was going to go for, for 81 first. Uh, that would have meant the, the, the draft number. Uh, but uh, you know, couldn't really take that from Phil Kessel and when he came in first year to the league. That's fair. <laughs> so, so, uh, and I mean, I got 40 in, 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 in Pittsburgh and picked that. Uh, no, no particular reason. I think more, I, I liked how it looked on, on Sutterberg, I think. Uh, so that's kind of why Good I went 40. Uh, and then going to, to St. Louis, uh, was trying to keep 40, but we had a goalie that had 40. <laughs> So, so then I was like, oh, what do I do now? I, so I, I just, I liked 70 and I liked how it, how it looked. So I, I picked that. And I remember, I remember after, after weeks into this couple of weeks into the season, Doug Armstrong uh, grabbed me, grabbed me at the ring, the, the general manager in, in St. Louis and asked me if I, sure you don't want to, you don't want to go with a lower number? Uh, like, no, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll stick with this one. It's fine. <laughs> try, try to get me to, to switch to a lower one, but. <laughs> I, I didn't really want to do that, so yeah, I stuck with seventy, and it's no, no really particular reason. It just kind of just happened. I respect Scotty. That. You got anything? Any last questions you want to ask him? Um, favorite place to eat downtown? Good question. Downtown or around Detroit? Either. Either. Uh I would say. Oof. I mean, I would say any restaurants I've been to in Detroit has been awesome. So. Uh, I would say downtown there, this She Wolf is very very good. Uh, oh, yeah. And then in in Birmingham, I would go Adachi. Oh yeah, uh, one of our favorites. You got so, good taste. Uh, I, I, I'll, yeah. I'll go with those two. <laughs> Great answers. All right, yes no answer. Right, I'm asking for a yes or no answer to this question. But not maybe. When, when you not maybe. When you <laughs> retire, will you play on my men's league team with me? <laughs> Yes. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> if let's I'm go. here. There you go. <laughs> there I'm, you go. That's a if fair I, stipulation. I have to be in Detroit, though. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Let's go. All He's right. just going to show all of his friends this video now. Yeah. Just be like, look. Oh, man. All right. You're Hopefully that's not for a while. Still, you're officially but... a moose knuckle now, man. Yeah. You're signed. <laughs> Awesome. Well, Oscar, I want to thank you so much for taking the yeah, time to chat it. with us today. This was so much fun. Yeah, of course. Thank you guys for having me. Of Thank course. You. Uh, we hope to do it again. Spread the word around the locker room that we're really chill guys. Get a couple more of <laughs> you guys on. Uh, yeah. no, but uh, again, we really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. And uh, good luck tonight. By the time this airs, uh, good luck tonight against Buffalo. Yeah, there oh, you go. Perfect. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Of course. Um, we'll be back tomorrow with a game recap of the Buffalo Sabres game. Same time, same place. It's your team.
every, every day. day.